0: Kind of all gotten a little bit more familiar, maybe a little more comfortable with, uh, with zooming in, <clears throat> uh, you know, and, and just connecting at the very least with each other sort of visually, uh, here online, but it's really great to see everybody. We've got a really special service plan. I want to say welcome to everybody who's joining us. There's not a lot of new faces, uh, on the, on the screen and, um, we'll get a chance hopefully to, um, to, uh, you know to get to know some of you <clears throat> even through throughout today uh you know as we uh, really honor our healthcare heroes uh, this morning it's been a really amazing uh, health empowerment weekend and uh, i just wanted to uh you know i've just been i've just been struck by sort of the incredible combination of this this profound wisdom you know that we've been learning from uh, the practical instruction <clears throat> About living empowered, healthy lives, uh, the, just a lot of open discussion and dialogue and, and, and interaction, uh, and then just a lot of laughs. It's really been fun just to, just to catch up. A lot of, been a lot of joy. It's been a lot of uh, mutual encouragement. And I really wanted to say thank you, uh, to, to the people who, uh, just the amazing people who come to, to, yeah. to speak and present. I mean, we were headlined by the, our own amazing, uh, Dr. Margaret Tando, mm-hmm. who is a force to be reckoned with in the, in the, in the healthcare world here in Burlington. And she of course works as a trauma surgeon. She's an assistant dean. Uh, she's an assistant professor. She was recently invested as inaugural Gamelli Green and Gold professor of surgery mm-hmm. at the UVM, uh, uh, medical center. And so uh, it was really just an honor to, um, it's just an honor to have to have margaret with us and she's mm-hmm. uh, she's such a inspiration to us all but thanks to dr kevin broyles and to noel they couldn't join us today but we're just so thankful for them uh dr carol uh mackie gill and ted are going to be speaking to us this morning on the power of of service thanks so much for joining us this weekend dr mark ottenweller he joined us yesterday from a starbucks because he couldn't find a place to actually get wi-fi and he was visiting his mother-in-law with with lynn and so he joined us from a starbucks and uh it was it was just in delaware is awesome and uh and then to just uh chris and michelle sharon uh you you guys are amazing thanks for joining us this morning thanks for joining us this weekend and uh of course to uh, Dr. Marcus Williams and Sonia Williams heroes of ours uh
1: mm-hmm. from
0: New Jersey and uh, thanks so much for just giving us your time and uh and loving up on us and sharing with us all that you have to share which was just sort of a small taste of that this weekend I'm really hoping we can develop relationships over the years to to really um kind of continue this conversation about being empowered you know in in uh all different aspects of our lives um i did want to share just really quickly from uh, mark chapter 10 to kind of to kind of give us a little bit of context for our church service today as it as it really uh, relates to um health empowerment um you know today we're really gonna uh we're gonna get to honor some some servant-hearted professionals uh in their particular in their particular profession. Mm-hmm. And really, the the healthcare professionals that you are, and that have that have, you know, served so courageously, especially during this time of pandemic, yeah. have really been a huge part of just keeping society together.
1: Yeah, and so you've true. played
0: such yeah. a huge role uh, in helping us to keep our sanity, helping us to find the, the healthcare and the the, the the healthcare that we've needed. You've been a, a voice of encouragement. You've been a voice of sacrifice mm-hmm. and it's been so powerful for us. And, and, you know, I, I wanted us to read here quickly from Mark chapter 10, because, <clears throat> because so much of this has its roots in Jesus and what he mm-hmm. started, you know, in Mark chapter 10, it says in verse 42, the guys were having an argument as to who was greatest. They were competitive. <laughs> they were, they were getting on each other's nerves and they were talking about who was going to be the greatest And Jesus never discouraged greatness and the desire for greatness, but he tried to channel it towards service. And in verse 42, it says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, Jesus himself was a healthcare revolutionary. Hospitals Mm. didn't exist during Jesus's times. In fact, hospitals were started by compassionate Jesus followers, Mm. people who saw his life and saw his compassion, and they wanted to become just like him. And they wanted to have this kind of in their own lives, Uh, Have this uh, this visionary servant leadership that Jesus demonstrated, where Jesus would see people, where Jesus would value people, where Jesus would believe in people, and then he would serve the greatness in people. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And Jesus dignified the health of everyone Mm -hmm. and the health of the whole person. He wasn't just focused on one area; he was focused on all four, you know, main integrated areas of who we are. our heart, our emotions, our spirit, our beliefs, our mind, our intellect, uh, and our body. Jesus came and healed the body. Jesus fed people. Jesus was very was very um, respectful, and was very uh, 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 visionary and seeing and believing in our whole person. And so, and so that's what we're honoring today: is the visionary servant healthcare professionals among us. And, uh, I know it's been great even this past week as we've given out invitations, you know, to, to people who've really helped us in the healthcare mm. industry and just got a chance to say thank you yeah. and, uh, got a chance to go back and, and appreciate them for all that they've helped us with, with.
1: Mm.
0: And I really want to just say thanks to all of you who are really continuing the cycle of compassion
1: mm. and the
0: cycle of care, uh, among us. You guys are amazing. And it's really an honor mm. to get a chance just to take a minute today to say thanks and to honor you because you're incredible. Um I'd like for us to go ahead and pray. And then uh, we're going to have our saxophone virtuoso Steve Neff play a piece for us. Uh and it's it's a it's a sax version of wind beneath my wings uh, because uh we want to really just express how you've been a wind beneath our wings. And uh, I think that's going to really be really be awesome. But I'd like to pray and I'd like to keep to keep just a special uh prayer in mind for India. The country of India right now that's really, really struggling with the resurgence of COVID and just the resources to be able to care for the care for their population. And so let's pray together and let's ask God to really lead us and guide us this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're incredible. God, thanks especially Father for Jesus as we think about his life that he didn't even come to be served, but to serve and to give his life in service to us, to you, Father inspires us. It it helps us to see the value and the power of that. And it helps us to want to be just like him. Father, thank you so much for the healthcare visionary servant leaders that we have among us. Father, Mm -hmm. we look forward just to saying thank you this morning. And we are just genuinely thankful thankful for their care Mm
1: -hmm. and their uh,
0: concern and their sacrifice and their work. On our behalf, Father, we do want to pray for for COVID, uh, the pandemic around the world, Father. That you would that you would, uh, Father, work. God, you just give us wisdom. You give us your spirit. You give us the strength, Father, to continue to work towards uh, a fully immunized uh, world, Father. That can, we can move forward, Father. We do pray in particular right now, and I know there's a lot of different places that are having real challenges. But we pray for India. Father, that you would bring uh, comfort, you'd bring uh, wisdom, you'd bring your spirit, you'd bring direction. Father, you'd bring emergency care, Father, to, to that uh, population, to that country. Father, that they direly need at this time. Father, we pray uh, for uh, just your leadership and your guidance by your spirit and by your word this morning, Father, mm. as we come together in communion, as we come together in honoring some heroes among us. Mm. Father, we love you. We ask your blessing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: So I'm going to play uh Wind Beneath My Wings and um which is, you know, a song about someone who is like behind the scenes and a support and a strength to a person and a person loves them and they lift them up. Uh this song has special meaning for me with healthcare uh, people just because I think for me healthcare um professionals and any anyone in the healthcare field has been more than just a wind beneath my wings. But I, honestly, I can say without a doubt, without these people in my life, I would not be here today. Uh, you know, I'm quickly, you know, Steve asked me to share a little bit before the song, but um, 26 years ago, I, you know, went to the hospital with a golf ball sized meningioma crushing my brain stem Um I I had an 18 hour brain surgery. All all the medical professionals that helped me in that I remember all of them. I remember the doctors. I remember the nurses that came in smiling. I remember the those guys that like push you around in the stretch the um you know the thing you're laying in from X, from X ray to MRI. I remember them joking with me and laughing, and it, it just meant the world to me. But but even after that. Um, that saved my life. But then I had bacterial meningitis after that. That would have killed me. That They saved my life. I had bacterial meningitis again. That would have killed me. They saved my life. Um, then I had to have another brain surgery to fix a leak caused from my saxophone playing. That saved my life because if they didn't fix it, I would I wouldn't be here today. I had an aggressive form of cancer after that, testicular cancer. They, they took that out and saved my life. Um, I had proton beam radiation four years later to kill a, a regrowth of the tumor that would have taken my life. So they saved my life again. Then I had a severe allergic reaction to a medication causing toxic epidermal necrolysis, which is where your, your skin separates from your body and it's not pretty. They saved my life. I had depression, saved my life. Lower back surgery, didn't save my life, but it made it a lot better. Um, I had years of increased intracranial pressure, causing severe debilitating headaches where I could barely function. Uh, they, they did another brain surgery and put a, a shunt in to, to regulate the pressure. Again, probably saved my life. It, it definitely made it livable. Um, I had another lower back surgery, and then I've had two shunt revisions since then. So, I am amazingly grateful for the healthcare professionals, all of them. I would not be here today, and I just, I just wanted to share that. So, I'm going to play the song. I have to. I have five things I have to do first before I play it, because if I don't, the sound will be horrible. <laughs>
3: Oh my gosh. I know him. <laughs> Steve, thanks so much. Thanks for the serving us with your vulnerability as well. You are a miracle. <laughs> Man, that was great. We're just so mm, thankful amazing. for you. And, um, we're just, thank you for serving us and using your gifts that you have to be able to give us, um, because, boy, what an incredible gift. You have to pay big bucks to get to hear, you That's know, <laughs> Steve Neff, and we get them for free. Um, I did want to take some time now. To, we're just going to switch into really sharing about some special heroes um, here that are visiting and that are with us today. And so we're going to start off with Maria sharing about her hero. Yes, I'm
4: going to be um, sharing about Carolyn, Carolyn Slater. Carolyn Slater is a nurse, and uh, she worked in labor and delivery for several years. And now she works as a, a nurse in the school. Um, I met Carolyn. I'll give you some personal information. Carolyn and I's relationship. I met Carolyn when she was uh, when I was baptized in 1995. We were both pregnant at the time. I was having my second child, and Carolyn was having her first. Our daughters ended up being born exactly three weeks apart from each other. Um, I attended Carolyn's. Um, graduation from nursing. She went to nursing when she after she had Emma. Um, our girls were young. And whenever I was concerned about a health issue for me or my children, my first thought was to call Carolyn. Um, because I know she would share her knowledge with me, not only as a healthcare provider, but also as a loving mother and a compassionate friend. Uh, one time that really sticks in my head is when my youngest daughter was in eighth grade. She had thick a uh, long um curly hair that was down past her shoulders and she went on a camping trip um with with school and she caught lice and i didn't catch it until it was really infested um so i was able to spend hours and hours treating both of my daughters but there was nobody to look at my head. And I called her up crying. And Carolyn, I said, Carolyn, there's no one to check my head. And I'm, as soon as you hear the word lice, you know, you know, you start itching. You just have to say the word and you're like in there. And so um Carolyn took um, time and put a time aside. We were in her um outside in her backyard with chickens running around and we we're just talking about life. And Carolyn checked my head and she said, you know, Marie, I don't see anything. So she cleared me, so I was very appreciative of that. Um, and and also my uh, in February, my husband and I were um, diagnosed with um, COVID, and I had my husband was doing much worse than I was, and so I had called Carolyn several times to um, help me talk through, you know, what should I do? And and uh, she was very very um, helpful. So to be a healthcare giver, you need to um, have the healthcare knowledge, but you also need love and caring for people. And Carolyn is loaded with that. Um, currently, uh, healthcare workers are really being tested and Carolyn's being very honest in this, um, at this time. And, um, it involves all people being, um, cooperation to protect us all. And in America, this is a very difficult thing for people to do because we're very individual thinking. And so this is, um, where our strength in God comes in, and in order to beat this, we have to um, allow him, and with prayer, to uh fight this virus. But I'm very fortunate to have you as a friend, Carolyn, and someone I can always count on. Love you.
3: Is
5: it My turn to share. I think
6: it's Zach's turn. Yep, yeah, I can do that. Hello, everybody. I get the privilege of sharing about Chris Sproul, who is the newly crowned doctor of physical therapy. Uh, he's studying right now to take his test and get his license to, to practice, but I've had the privilege of being roommates with Chris for the last seven years until yesterday, which still kind of feels a little bit weird, but uh, Chris is great. He is, uh, you know, over the time, you know, even before he was in uh, graduate school for physical therapy, you know, he expressed his desire to to want to do that and dream of just being able to uh, help people and, and make a significant uh, impact on their lives and helping them recover and gain some sense of, uh, physical normalcy in their life. Uh, I think you could see that even through, you know, he hasn't been able to, uh, you know, practice as a doctor yet, but even through his studying the last couple of years during COVID and and being able to roll with the punches of he was supposed to travel and, uh, you know, train in different places and, and that was kind of in flux, uh, but he really powered through it, I think, with that uh, sense of, of determination, uh just wanting to knowing what his goal is to, to help people uh, and having that kind of drive his his actions. And I think even through uh just being in in the singles and Yopros uh ministry with us, uh you know, some of us like to think that we can still uh do some athletics and things with the same level that we were when we were younger. Unfortunately it usually comes with nicks and bruises and, and end results. Uh, and Chris was always kind of a person there to help give us a, a stretch or teach us uh, some way to give us a massage or some kind of way to physically recover us and help us get back to uh, get back to normal. I know he's helped myself and Jesse and so many of the YoPros, um, and it was cool to to have uh, Steve Schaaf see him at work, you know, in his PT spot. But uh, I think Chris has an awesome heart, and I know he's going to do great. Uh, as a physical therapist and hopefully it will just be in Vermont and he doesn't end up having to go anywhere else.
7: All right. I think I'm next. Um, I get um, the, the privilege to share about Margaret Tando. Margaret, show us your beautiful face. <laughs> there she is. So Steve already shared some of her amazing credentials, but I'm just going to go over them again. Um, first of all, she's an amazing fishing buddy. I must say that. Um, that's one of my favorite things about Margaret. But um, so I only have a minute, so I'm only going to be able to touch on some of her accomplishments. But um, she is a trauma surgeon in the Division of Acute Care Surgery at UVM Medical Center. She's also the Associate Dean for Diversity and Inclusion at UVM Medical School. She is also the medical director of the burn program there, which has been so cool because I've got to send patients to her, which has been um, really awesome. And she's also a board, met- uh, board member of the Vermont Board of Medicine. Um, she is an amazing physician. But that is such a small part of what makes Margaret such an incredible person. It's really the way that she takes care of all the people in her life, whether she's it's their her patient, her family member, or us members of the church. She's just amazing. I just want to thank you, um, Dr. Tando, for your dedication to the science and practice of medicine, but also your tremendous service for the, the people in Vermont and for us, your family church. We
8: love you. Well, I wanted to uh, take the opportunity to, to really show a ton of appreciation for Carl Granskog. Uh, Carl, I-, I love you, bro. Like, you, you go so deep, so deep so many times and lose me time and again in how much you know and in the depth of sharing your knowledge it's it uh it it leaves me just wondering how one person could hold so much information but i love that you do i love that you are somebody to be relied upon for medical knowledge for medical care and you know um, for those who don't know uh carl is a um carl's a pharmacist but he's but he's probably the deepest most well-versed pharmacist I've ever had the, the honor of knowing. He's a great father, by the way. If you see his little daughter there, she's a, she's a daddy's girl. Um, but, but Carl, even recently, you know, there, there are times when I'll talk to Carl and, and my eyes will glaze over just because of how, how purely uh, deep he goes with the science of everything he does but the other day, when I wanted to know, like, how do I know if I'm getting the right vaccine for COVID? How do I know if, if, you know, my, my doubting friends are feeding me accurate information and sending me all these links? And Carl was there to alleviate my fears. We had a good 40 minute conversation. I asked him to keep it at a sixth grade level, which was perfect. So he helped me there. Um, but I'll tell you, if, if I didn't know Carl had such deep knowledge. I couldn't have gone to him to ask him the questions I had. So, Carl, I appreciate you alleviating my fears. I appreciate you being there for your patients. Um, I know um, you hold a very distinctive title, and I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to remember what it was. You're an ambulatory care pharmacist. Carl travels an hour to and from work. During COVID, he's luckily, hopefully, going to remain doing his work over Zoom and whatnot. But, um, but get to know Carl. If if you don't, you know the man has such a huge base of knowledge, but it's equal to his heart.
9: Good morning. I get the the privilege and the honor to share about Linda, and Linda is a. As I re, make sure I read it correctly. She's a registered nurse and she works with the University of Vermont Health Network Home Health and Hospice. And so she works within within a facility, but then she also goes to individuals' homes. And this particular position, I think, is well suited to Linda. I met Linda probably about four years ago and she came to me just to really reflect her heart. She really wanted to reach out and connect with people. She has an incredible heart for people, incredible heart to serve. But I think more so than that is just her heart for God. And that is evident in everything she says and everything she does. And I feel like her being a nurse is well suited to her because she takes her faith with her. You know, as she works with hospice patients, she's able to help give them hope. She's help, able to give them encouragement and really help them find the bright spot in what might otherwise be a really challenging day. So I'm so encouraged to get a chance to know you, Linda. So grateful that you're part of the medical field and even during the midst of COVID that you've been there for your patients on the road and really helping them to, to feel loved in the midst of their challenges. So it's a great honor to be able to, to thank you for all that you do in serving the community, Linda.
10: Her name is Mo. She's a registered nurse. This rap would be longer, but I didn't rehearse. <laughs> I had to start off with a rap because Monique left her future rapping career to become a registered nurse. <laughs> um, sorry about that, Mo. But yeah, I got to meet Mo. Monique was the very first person that introduced herself to ryan and i when we went to church and i didn't know how that she was a nurse at the time but i knew how caring and how much she loved meeting people taking care of people because i felt that immediately when i met her um i also got to enjoy her in my bible studies and then she became my discipler for a couple months before i moved and again, just her love for people was evidence. It was just so um clear. And so yes, uh, Mo is a registered nurse here in Vermont and as it was slightly mentioned earlier, she's in California right now, um, vaccinating people and even before that she was trying to before the vaccinations came out, she was determined to go over to California. The one of the worst states that was being impacted by COVID. That was her heart. Um, she was determined to go where she was needed. And even for a while, she didn't care where she she was needed. She would have gone to New York City, Boston, California. She just knew she wanted to help people. Um, and I think what's also evident of her caring for people is that uh, one of the long-running jokes is that Monique's had a lot of hats when it comes to nursing. Um, but that's because she wants to... She's in grad school right now. She's trying to learn more so that way she can take care of people. Because, um, yeah, she want, although she wants to increase her knowledge about the medical field, it's because she wants to help people. Um, and so... I'm very honored to be able to rap for you, Mo, and please don't make fun of me too much. Love you.
2: (laughs) Well, I I get the honor to share about my lovely wife, uh, Brenda Neff, um, and I actually texted my daughters last night, and I was like, hey, I'm going to share about mom tomorrow for church if you want to tune in, and I immediately got a text from my youngest daughter, and I just want to read this because I read it to Brenda this morning, and um, she was touched by it, but Melissa felt a need to really, um, well, you'll see when I read the text. She said, I know you probably have everything mapped out for what you are saying tomorrow, but I had this realization while living with you on how Um, mom works. And if you need something else to share, you could say that, like, I also told people, yeah, my mom's a nurse, but they don't realize that she works like six days a week, waking up at 5.30, getting home at five and making time for us while, while like saving lives and helping babies be born. I don't know what I am saying. I'm glad you are doing this though, because I feel like mom needs more appreciation. (laughs) Um, I think that sums it up. Brenda... Um, we, we've been married like 20 something years and, um, you know, from the very beginning, I was just struck by, you know, she was a nurse and, and she was always, you know, talking about her patients, her babies and, and, and different things at the hospital. She was, um, we got married and, um, we decided to work for the church we were in together, and that was a hard thing for Brenda. She was like, I don't, I don't know. Nursing is my thing. I want to be with patients. And, um, pretty soon afterwards, she's like, can I, can I work part time? Can I do part time? You know? And, um, she started working part time and she just came alive. She came, she, she was excited, more excited about life. Just, and it, it just became, um, clear to me that, man, this is, this is Brenda's calling. Like she wants to be on the, the battlefield in the forefront. Um, she wants to be helping people and saving people. And, um, she even went back to school a couple of times. Um, she's a nurse practitioner now, but, um, she got a, um, a bachelor's and a master's and, uh, I don't know, leadership and you, you know, I mess that up all the time. And then she, I think she got another master's, but, um, she rose up all the way up. She was directors of a director of different things. And then she was a vice president and chief nursing officer of a hospital. Um, but the whole time I just remember as busy as she was, I'd see her putting on scrubs and I'd be like, Where where are you going? She's like, I'm working a shift. I'm like, why are you working a shift? You're like, you're like the top person at the hospital. She's like, well there 's a need there 's a need there 's no one else to do it and and I love doing it so i 'm going to do it and I just love that about her um, she She works tirelessly she works overtime whenever there 's a need she 's there and with this whole the whole last year of covid uh, she was on the front lines again. she was getting all the covid patients and her practice and the kids and um, she 'd come home and tell me stories but um Every time there's over you know, they there's a need, Brenda's like, I'll do it. And um I just appreciate that about her. And then, you know, on a personal level, just working all those hours, talking to all those people as a patient, patients, as a nurse practitioner, and then coming home to me and three girls and just um continuing to give and continuing to meet needs and even cooking a supper, like most of the time, because well, we won't go into that, but she she's a <laughs> she she is um, an amazing woman, and I'm just proud to be married to her and proud to share about her today. I love you, Brenda Hey,
5: well, I get to share about Mackenzie Kafka. Um, if you don't know Mackenzie. Uh, she's a registered nurse. She's lived here in Vermont. Um, just recently moved to Connecticut to pursue a relationship. And that's the only reason why we'd let her leave. But, <laughs> um, she worked in the ICU up here. And, uh, I think something that I, I told her once, I said, you know, this is kind of a silly thing to say, but it's like, you know, Mackenzie, if I ever was in the ICU, I'd want you to be my nurse. <laughs> but I really meant it because She does what Steve was just talking about. Like she cares for the whole person. And I think to me, you know, I can easily words like integrity and compassion and wholeheartedness come to mind when I think of you. Um, And I think the one overall theme in your life is just the quality of your friendships, whether it's people at work. Um, I mean, you were just showered with love at work when they heard you leaving. They're like, no. (laughs) But that's because you take so much time to be with people. Like you have incredible eye contact. You're an amazing listener. Um, and your patients are just, they're in an awful place. They're very, um, vulnerable. Um, but you have such confidence because you have incredible skill. And I know that your dream is to become a nurse practitioner, at least for now. That could change, uh, <laughs> to other things, but, um, I know that you're, you're very focused, um, and you, you look for ways to serve, you know, and having fun at the same time, going to Nepal and, you know, God bless that and spending time with your dad, who's a pediatrician. And, um, you know, it it may just be part influence, but I think a huge piece of it is just your spirit and the way that you really love people. Um, I'm super excited to see what happens with your position at Yale and, um, working at the hospital there. Um, I miss you tons and, um, you know, I know you've impacted a lot of people, your roommates, you gave so much at work every day, and then you'd come home to your roommates and give everything to them too. And I think just looking at the quality of your relationships in your whole life is really testament to who you are. Um, and anybody that comes across your path at work is just incredibly lucky to have you as a nurse. And I'm grateful for having your friendship. I love you tons.
1: Wow, that's
0: inspiring. And, uh, it just, it's just a little expression of our heart for, uh, the, the, you know, the people that were shared about. And, uh, we do really genuinely just want to say thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think especially during this time, we've, we've, you know, when we sometimes take people who are so important in our life for granted, it is, uh, I think it's just been a spotlight on how much, um, you have stepped up in a time of need. To, to be like Jesus and, and serve. And I know that the service roles that you play aren't pretty a lot of the times. Uh, there's a lot that goes into your job that's really just a, a depth of care for that person that you may not even know. You may not even know their name at the time, but you, but you give <clears throat> and you serve, uh, because that's your heart. Thank you. Thanks so much. Amen. And, and at this time we're going to have, um, a time of, uh, sharing in the communion. And I just wanted to take a moment here just to remind us why we do this. Mm-hmm. Because this is kind of a, of an honoring of Jesus and his, and his role in our lives and the way that he has served us. You know, we take the, the bread because Jesus said, you know, take the, the bread and break it together and do this in memory of me. Mm-hmm. and he and he took he took the wine and the and he and he said uh, you know drink this this is my blood of the new covenant the new covenant that god wants to make with all humans and he said uh, do this in remembrance of me and so we take on sunday mornings we t- we take a moment just to remember that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and remember the incredible sacrifice on his on his part for us so that we could live so that we could flourish in emotionally and physically and spiritually and mentally and uh that um that Jesus really came to serve us to stoop down and make us great you know and there's such a great example of that here in uh, in John chapter 13 where it says in verse 3 John knew I mean Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power so look what he did and that his time had come and that he had come from god and was returning to god and so He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. This was the expression of Jesus' power that he talked about in Mark chapter 10, where he didn't use his power to put others down. He didn't use his power to kind of display his awesomeness. He used his power to serve and he served the, the, you know, the dirtiest parts of us. And, and so really communion is, is about looking to him to find inspiration that, wow, Mm -hmm. God has served me this way. And then also to find, to, to continue that cycle of service in, in our world and in our neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and in our families, in our, in our uh, workplaces so that, so that this cycle that Jesus started by giving his life and then by rising from the dead could be continued in our lives and uh, could be celebrated in our lives. And so this morning we have a special, we have two uh, special guest speakers
1: yeah.
0: that uh, are incredible servants in their own right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, we, uh, we met Ted and Mackie Gill while uh, we uh, lived in, in New Jersey and we were just so impressed with their, mm. I don't know, they're, they're life force. We're so impressed with their comportment because they, they have a tremendous, they're tremendously gifted people, uh, tremendously strong people, but they're really dedicated to, uh, to others and their Mm -hmm. heart comes through so much. I was so inspired by Mackie sharing in particular, uh, Mackie on, on, uh, Friday night. I really yeah. appreciated just uh your your thoughts powerful. on surviving and thriving in med school. It mm. was super helpful, I know, for everybody who came, and it was super um helpful for Sue and, and myself. Mm. And we just wanted to have um Ted and Mackie come and introduce themselves uh to the to the church here and share about the power of service. Mm. And they've been very, very involved in service uh in in their workplaces, in uh their neighborhoods. In the church in New Jersey, in New York, Liberia
3: uh, and beyond.
1: in
0: Liberia. It was fun to see Margaret and Mackie kind of bonding over, you know, stories from the neighborhood <laughs> 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 from Liberia. That was amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, but they've served internationally. They've, they've served all over the place. And so I want us to just give a, a, a warm welcome to uh, Ted and Mackie Gill. Thanks for coming this morning. Yay.
11: Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank you. Morning. Good morning. Uh it, it's great to uh be able to spend some time with you all today. Uh thanks Steve Sue for uh inviting us in. Uh I spent uh, I took my whole family up to Vermont a while back and we spent about a week up there. We were up in the mountains. Uh and I'm a city guy, uh Brooklyn, New York, and so Vermont was a lot different to say the least. Uh we got there at night. And we were moving, getting ready to go into the room, and I remember looking up at the sky, and I was like, what is that up there? And it was just stars all over the place. And, you know, coming from New York, we we pretty much know there's only one star that you see. And so when I saw all of those, I was pretty much – it was awesome. Uh, but it was a pretty much disturbing at the same time to, to see all that light up there. And, and I was like, is anybody going to turn those off so we can go, like, go to sleep? Uh, and I literally had to just, like, go into the room and shut the blinds because it was just, like, so bright. It was just, it, it just totally blew me away. I had never really seen anything like that before. Uh, and so, you know, I've always been really fond of astrology and, and, you know, just really looking at their, you know, we we did the stars when we were young, and we you know we, what sign are you under, and all this other kind of stuff. And that kind of led me into astronomy, and I started looking at that stuff. And you know, in our Milky Way, our galaxy, we have about—and this is a real crude guess by NASA—but they say we got about a hundred billion stars mm-hmm. in our galaxy. A hundred billion stars. Now, in the visible universe, they say we, they've seen about. Ten billion galaxies. Right. And that's only what we can see. I mean, there's more we can't see, but we're so new at this as human beings. This is just like how far we've gotten so far. And so this is crude guesstimates. And they assume that, okay, if you assume that a galaxy has a 100 billion stars, something similar to ours, and there's 10 billion galaxies, you're talking about one billion trillion stars visible. That's a one with 24 zeros following it. One billion trillion stars. Just from what we know. So why is that important? So when I go and I take a look and I take a look in John chapter one and I read there and it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him. All things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made. and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And so you talk about a hundred billion trillion stars, the word of God created everything that we see and everything that we don't see. It was this God, the word, our Lord, Jesus, who came and walked among us in the flesh. And so, like we've been talking about all morning, to have the most powerful being among you in the flesh, how many different ways could he have demonstrated and revealed himself to us? The most power, the most powerful being Anywhere, ever, and ever will be. How could he have manifested himself to us? And Steve actually was looking at the same verse that I did, actually the same story, because in Matthew chapter 20, in verse 20, it says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked to favor him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the turn, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so while we're running around down here and we're thinking about greatness and power and, you know, glory. We're thinking about position and sitting on the left and the right and who's got the most this, who's got the most that. And the others were indignant with them because they wanted those same positions too. And they're like, what are you doing jumping in front of us? You know, we want to get that position too. (laughs) And it's just like, that's just like the human mindset. You know, people think about power and, you know, in a totally different way than the creator. Mm -hmm. Because when he walked among us he says I didn't come to be served but to serve and so the power of service is really the most powerful thing that there is because it's the heart of God Mm -hmm. it's the closest thing to being God like that we can do Mm -hmm. is to serve others Mm -hmm. it is his heart it is this agape type of love where you only want the best for that person no matter what you know, we've heard so many example of people, you know, working with their patients and helping them out and saving lives. And these are people that you don't, you know, they don't know. It's not like we're close. You know, they just show up and it's just, they have a need and you guys meet that need. That is as close to the heart of God as you can get. The power of service, that is God. It is as close to weak as we can get to being like God as anything on earth is to serve other people, to have that unconditional type of care. You know, we talk about having this whole idea of wanting to meet, you know, the the need of the whole person, you know, that those are the the, the caregivers that stand out. It's not only there to help you to get better, but I want you to be better all over. I want you to be totally better. Like that to me is just uh, amazing, but... It's as close as we get to seeing God. It's as close as we get to being like God. Mm -hmm. It is the most powerful thing in the universe Mm -hmm. because the maker of the universe said so, and he demonstrated it. He says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to come, and I'm going to show you true power. I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to be a ransom. Because you guys are in trouble. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to get out of it, but I'll pay the debt. Yeah. I'll be the ransom. I will set you free. But it's the most powerful thing in this universe is the power of service. And I want to have my wife here and share just a bit.
12: Yes. Thank you. You know, as um, <laughs> as I was thinking about this, I just said God is phenomenal. And I'll tell you why. Long before I became a disciple, Burlington was my old stomping ground. I went to school in Montreal, McGill University, and I had no money. So to get to see my best friend, who was at Syracuse University, I had to take the bus from Montreal to Burlington and hop on the cheap flight, People's Express. <laughs> I'm not sure. 19 bucks (laughs) so I knew Burlington upside down I love it I love Vermont I um it reminded me so much of home coming from Liberia because it was so green and beautiful and um and now here I am you know connected to Burlington through Sue and Steve so I just am amazed by God nothing happens for accident by accident nothing he is orchestrating the whole thing anyway um for me, you know, I tell you this, um, gratitude breeds servitude. This is how I live my life. No matter who we are or where we are from or what situation we we'll find ourselves in, we should remember that just how there is always someone in a better position than we are in, trust and believe there is always someone in a lesser position than we are in. So being grateful for who I am and where I am, I look for ways to give of myself to help someone else in need. You know, I'm grateful to God and to my family for allowing me the opportunities I was given in life. I just happened to be born in the right family to be able to provide me the opportunities. That's nothing special about me. So because a person was born in a different situation that allowed them different challenges, doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. So I'm very grateful that I happened to be able to get any opportunity that I was given in my life. And I continue to get. get. Therefore I serve. It brings me great joy to see other people do well, to see other people flourish, to see other people get from point A to point B. And I give, not expecting anything back. I give of myself and do what I do because it is the right thing to do. It is the Jesus way. You know, a lot of people are religious and I grew up very religious until I came to see the truth about what it means to follow Jesus when I was in medical school. And I'm surrounded by religious people in the workplace. But being religious is not being like Jesus. And so that's something that I have to remember all the time, that I've got to do things the Jesus way. Helping people. I'm a department chair in my hospital. So they call me like a higher person in my position. But yet I'm still putting in IVs. I'm still putting in hip locks. I'm still talking with the, the janitor. I'm still helping them, you know, pull trash. I'm still like, I'm still in there with the patients. I have my own patients that I take care of. I work with the staff. And my staff come to me and say, Dr. Gail, why do you do what you do? And I tell them because I'm here to serve. My title is just a title. It just pays, it just gives me a paycheck. Who I am, I'm a servant. I'm here to show people Jesus. So to me, serving can be as small as listening to an elderly person and allowing them to tell their stories. A lot of elderly people feel pushed aside. So it takes me taking the time and sitting by my patient's bed and hearing his story. A poet who is saying like, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm old and I'm pushed away and nobody cares about me. Listening to the stories. Or calling to check with my 99 year old friend who is lonely or calling my 98 year old grand aunt to chat with her or locally volunteering my time door knocking in the communities, in the inner cities, in the projects, trying to provide education on fire safety while passing out smoke alarms or growing, something as simple as growing and sharing vegetables with staff members and people I know during this pandemic or even helping globally, like me joining a couple of friends and creating the healthcare foundation called HEART, where we take medical volunteers um, from the United States to help post-conflict countries. And I work personally alongside with them. Marcus and Sonia have come with us on one of those trips. Or providing healthcare in the refugee camps where I go and work with the refugees, or travel with hope to the Caribbean islands to provide hands-on care. Or even answering phone calls or text messages all hours of the night and day with desperate medical questions from people who I know or don't even know. They got my number from a friend or relative and they asking me for guidance or advice or they want me to speak with their doctors there in the countries who know nothing about spinal cord injury or multiple sclerosis. Or personally providing free hands-only CPR training to hundreds of people locally and internationally as a volunteer with the american heart association or as a volunteer with the american college of surgeons teaching stop the bleed techniques to hundreds of people locally and internationally or just simply encouraging someone with end-stage cancer by keeping in touch with them and sending care packages over say i'm thinking about you i'm praying for you or by encouraging the younger generations by spending time with them doing pottery walking or mentoring future healthcare workers or helping a young couple set themselves on the path for success, or something even as simple as writing letters of recommendations for college or medical students. So the examples go on and on of ways you can serve. It's all rewarding to me. All mankind needs some level of encouragement. We all need support. We all need help at one point or the other in our lives. As no man is an island, God did not create mankind to be isolated. So the formula that I use is quite simple. Remember the good that someone did for you, and you go and do likewise. So I want to encourage all of us to be givers, not just be takers. We can each do our part to set the example that Jesus did as we claim to be his followers. To God be the glory. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Amen.
11: Amen. Thanks so much for letting us share today. Uh, We don't know you, but we love you. And so we hope to come up and visit you sometime, but always remember service is the heart of God. Thanks for serving.
1: Thank you. Amen.
13: Thank you so much. That was just awesome. You're sharing today. Mm -hmm. And uh, that this has just been an incredible weekend so far, just to uh, be able to hear so many inspiring things, uh, about service and about Jesus. And, and we're going to use this time now to uh, take communion together. And so we'll, we'll break off here for a few minutes to take a personal communion time and then come back together to close out. And I'll, I'll take us uh, I'll lead us in prayer and then we'll uh, take that time together. Father, we love you. We are so grateful just for the opportunity uh, to be called back to the heart of Jesus, <clears throat> to see so many great examples of service of loving of caring of, really just being like our Savior, how he loved us and cared for us when we were in the greatest need. I pray just really be on our hearts right now as we take communion, as we consider the uh, power uh, of transformation that comes from love. Thank you for uh, sharing that love with us, for reminding us daily through your word, uh, through your wisdom, but also through just uh, brothers and sisters and people around us who love uh, in ways that Jesus loved. Father, help us to take on that heart. Father, help us to connect with you as we take the cup, as we take the bread. Father, help us uh, just to be reminded of the promise that you made to us, that we would live with you and be with you eternity. We love you. Uh, Just thank you for this time to commune uh, with Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
1: for sharing i just loved it i'm gonna i'm looking forward to going back and and watching it again mm-hmm. just to
0: really connect with uh, some of the things that you were saying It's deep It's profound It's inspiring it's life-changing transformational yeah. and i uh, really thank you for uh joining us this morning yeah. um, we're going to have a time here in just a moment to share about some just takeaways insights things that moved us uh, over the weekend but um we wanted to also just take a moment to have, uh, Lane, who, uh, is, is a gifted uh, musician and singer. He's going to sing a song that he sung before, but I think it takes on new meaning when, uh, we think of it in the context of, of our healthcare heroes, uh, of Jesus and the way that he served. Is, is he going to be singing a higher love? Because we really do need a higher love. And we're, we're in a world that's confused about love and confused about so many things. And, and Jesus really does, uh, bring us a higher love and a higher sense of what that is. Mm -hmm. And our healthcare heroes help us with that as well because you demonstrate that in your service to, uh, to your fellow man and to your God. And so, um, here's Lane with higher love and we'll come back with a little bit of sharing about uh, some of, some of our takeaways from this weekend.
14: About it, there must be higher love Down in the heart or hidden in the stars above Without it, life is wasted time Look inside your heart and I look inside of mine Things look so bad everywhere in this whole world, what is fair? We walk blind and we try to see. Falling behind, what could be? Bring me a higher love, oh, oh bring me a higher love. Higher love Oh, it's Higher love I've been thinking Of the world's A-turning And we're just hanging On Facing our fear And standing out there the wall It's a yearning And it's real to me There must be someone it's feeling for me Things look so bad Everywhere In this whole world What is fair We walk the line And we try to see Falling behind What could be Bring me a higher love I've been thinking of I will wait for it I'm not too late for it Until then I'll sing my song To cheer the night along I could light the night up with my soul on fire. And I could make the sunshine from my beauty's eye. Let me feel that love. Let me feel how strong it could be. Bring me a higher love. Oh, oh, bring me a higher love, oh, oh. bring me a higher love, oh, oh, where's that higher love I keep thinking of, bring me a higher love. How you love I keep thinking of.
0: Where's that? How you love I keep thinking of Wow 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 You couldn't help but get out your lighter you, you know slash uh you know flashlight on the on the on the cell phone for that one <laughs> I just love that song I think it just captures so much of of um the heart that we're talking about this morning and mm-hmm. thanks lane thanks so much um we love it when you when you when you share your gift with us
1: mm-hmm. it's awesome
0: so i just wanted to have a little bit of sharing it's uh it's about eleven fifteen. we just wanted to have a, a little time just responding talking about some of the things that god has put on our heart how he's kind of moved us through this um this weekend,
3: right? What a feast!
0: Uh, it's been just a feast uh, for for us all, and I know we don't have it all sort of digested yet, but uh, maybe there's mm-hmm. a few things that uh, you'd like to share, or someone that you'd like to share about, um, <clears throat> kind of inspired by the um, the time we have spent together this this mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah, Brenda.
7: So I was just um, inspired, Mackie, by you thanks for sharing um, so it's funny I, I work um, I have a my partner we have we co-manage a, a panel of patients together and we often talk about the difference between physician nurse practitioners all this and she was also one of my mentors and one time she said to me she goes Brenda don't do anything that somebody else will do for you and you know I think um, that is so often the the mindset of medical providers, physicians, nurse practitioners, that there's people there to serve them.
9: Mm -hmm.
7: And when she said that, it really hit me. And I'm like, I I don't want to be that way. Mm
9: -hmm. You know,
7: I want to be able to do everything, um, but I don't want people feeling like they're here to serve me. I really want to serve them. So it was just really inspiring to hear you share this morning. And thank you.
12: Amen. 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 Thank you, Brenda. Thank you for your service. You know, I tell you, it's such a misconception that um, the medical world has um, propagated where the society has put healthcare workers and in such high esteem. And trust me, I'm not minimizing what we do. We do save lives. And it takes a lot of money and time and brain to learn the stuff that we learn and physical fatigue, so I'm not realizing at all. But I think because God has chosen certain people to be healthcare workers, he's given certain people that strength and the gift to do it. And because he has entrusted us with such uh, an important work, human life is so fragile, that we must must lead the way in humility, and we must lead, lead the way in demystifying this whole experience. Or a person who is ill and sick and who comes to you asking Mm -hmm. for help. It's not the time to lord over them, it is the time to serve them. So that's how I practice, and I really thank you for what you do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to speak. I want to thank Sue and Steve for putting this on. You know, I, um, I mean, we do the health department group here led by Marcus. Uh, Marcus is our leader here for the New Jersey Health and Partner Group. And I thank him and his wife Sonia for just adding that to the plate. And we have a big team. We're all disciplines. But I think, Steve and Sue, I gotta tell you, for you to just look at the need in your area and say, you know, we need to support our, our people. We need to bring together more more ways that we can support them. I really applaud you for thinking that at that level thinking really deeply you know how can we meet the needs how can we gather together um people who are doing similar um difficult work challenging work physically emotionally and mentally because when you're in a healthcare, it's more than just your book knowledge it is your whole person the emotional the physical the compassion all that stuff that's involved so for you to think about doing this i really do pray that you continue that you make this a consistent um part of your ministry i'm not sure how you're going to do it but i figure you have enough smart people in your ministry who can help you figure it out (laughs) but it's much needed it's much needed we need that support and i I thank you all for doing this and i and i pray that you continue to look for ways to help the community Mm because as you help us we can help the community Thank
11: you. Yeah. And I'll just jump in real quick. And I just, when I, when I say that, I thank you for, you know, for what you're doing. It's, uh, like, you know, living with a doctor, I, you know, I know how emotionally draining it is. You know, I know the days that she's come home and just the concern of not only the patients, but her staff, uh, and then not wanting to get your own family sick, mm-hmm. uh, not, you know, trying to maintain your own mental health, you know, while you're going through this was a really, really, really tough year. Mm-hmm. um i know we kind of say that but it was bad mm-hmm. uh and so you know i really do you know not only just mm-hmm. for the for the giving you know uh but it's it's just been rough you know especially on healthcare. so i, I really do thank you when i say thank you for what you do i know you know again just from through this pandemic and just seeing all the stuff that she's gone through uh you know, I had a lot of glasses of wine ready when she came home. Uh, <laughs> so she could just kind of unwind, um, you know, just finding some kind of way just to take some of the pressure off. So, uh, you know, thank you again. And just, you know, prayerfully things will keep getting better, but, you know, I I can appreciate how
0: tough it's been. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, could we have, Mac- I think we'd like to have Mackenzie, uh, share because I think she has yeah, to go I mean,
15: right well I decided um halfway through the service that I was just going to stay here and <laughs> and worship with you guys um there's a New England single service but I'll get to that later but I just feel just so encouraged by this morning honestly first of all it's amazing to see all of you guys here I miss you all um so I just feel super encouraged but I just really appreciated um what you guys spoke about with just going back to Jesus, who is our life source. And this idea that, that agape love is the closest thing that we can be, um, that we can experience God and be like God and the most powerful thing in the universe. And that's, I think that is true for not just people who are in service professions, whether that's healthcare or education or um, social work, whatever. But I think that that is so true for just any aspect of, of this life that we live on earth, that we can, um, if we share agape love with people, we can change the world, whether that's within our families or, um, marginalized communities. Um, I just feel really empowered this morning, just thinking about Jesus who is our life source and how he lived and how he came. Um, and I appreciated what you, what you shared about as well with, um, just thinking about the gratitude that we can have the contentment that we can have in our circumstance and how um through that that we can i think empathize and and show compassion towards people who are there's always going to be someone who has it worse than us and um but we have to remember where we stand before god and how much he's given us to be able to do that um so i i just really appreciate uh hearing that this morning
0: Thanks, Mackenzie. looks like you're getting a special special wave from
3: Alexandra Alexander
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to give you a special wave. Margaret, hey, did you me, want to share?
11: Yeah, I, I wanted to share. One of the things that really moved me was yesterday and uh, when we were talking about global health, but Noel shared about looking around in your community and just looking at the need and then trying to meet that need. You know, that is global health too. And I, I was really, really moved by that because a lot of times, we hear global health, and you're like, oh, okay, what country can I go to to serve? But it's not about going to a country. It's about what's the need in your community, and uh, what can you do there to help? And that's, that was really powerful for me, and I think I, I need to work more on that.
0: Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Margaret. That was so powerful, that presentation yesterday, mm-hmm. global health awareness. Thank you.
8: I really enjoyed yesterday. You know, I want to give a special thanks to to everybody in the health profession that that joined in yesterday because it was just, it was just really moving to to hear how people are serving. You know, I think sometimes as disciples, you know, we don't realize it's tough being a disciple, and you know, to be in the medical profession and be a disciple, mm. it's it's an open door for service, and I and I think that's been expressed here time and again, and that's that's really encouraging. I. You know, one of my heroes, you know, is Carl, but another one of my heroes is Margaret and Carolyn and oh my gosh, I, I could, if I could just list everybody in Zoom today, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, I do want to give a special thanks to, to Chris, Sharon and, and his wife, Michelle, because they were just, you know, they gave their time yesterday and, you know, they're, I could, I could imagine how, you know, the, the, uh, the beeper's going off and there's a, there's a heart issue somewhere that needs taken care of, but, um, you know, Chris, I think you mentioned you're a heart uh, surgeon or a surgeon overall, but I just appreciate your taking care of hearts as a disciple too. So thank you guys for being disciples. Thank you guys for being um, the ones that, that promote the great physician. So I just wanted to share that.
1: Steve, can, can we share real quick? Sure.
16: Yeah. Wow well, guys yeah, like uh with Steven Sue asked us to do this. First of all, Stephen Sue, thanks for just being friends for the years. Uh thanks for uh being in those Bible studies, those twelve Bible studies, where I can assure everybody in the call I was incredibly humble right away. Uh so uh thanks for that first Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving I think of my first Thanksgiving as a disciple in the Shaw's house and uh with uh and the other guests that they had there, Vu and uh Uh, Jim, it just, it was a great time. Um, those, yes, I, I, I really love your little church here. I think sometimes when you're in a bigger congregation, right? Um, we've been in smaller congregations in Okinawa, they were only about 40 people. You kind of get this big congregation, you think, Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. these, this poor little church is far away with only 40 people. And you come to something like this, you're like, Oh man, we should have moved to Burlington. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's me being envious and worldly so sorry about that but you guys are so encouraging um i feel like i i got to help how happily unlearn a few things they were talking about servanthood and i have this vivid memory of being on rounds as a third year medical student and i just picked up a piece of laundry on the floor threw it in a hamper and you could feel the world stop turning as the chief resident ripped my face off of my skull and yelled at me, you are not a tech. You are not this. You are not that. You will be a doctor. If I ever see you pick up laundry off the floor, I will, I will remove what I've left on top of your shoulders at that time. Um, and, and it was just that attitude of you're going to get this status and you will act in this sort of aloof elite way. Um, it just, is just so not Jesus. And I mean, just hearing the, about the way you guys are using your time to serve, I just feel like I need to get on my Google calendar and go to every empty spot and and find something godly mm-hmm. to fit in there. You guys have just totally convicted me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, guys, thanks so much. We're gonna we'll probably mail our daughter. Ashley who wants to be a nurse up to Burlington. You guys <laughs> take it from here. Um, so thanks so much, every single one of you, and, and the chance to work with the Williams was amazing. Mm-hmm. And just hearing all your the servants you guys got, uh, Shosh, you do a great job of, of pulling people together and to encourage one another. So encouraging. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much.
3: Yes,
15: thank you, thank you. So inspiring.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. Love you guys. Really appreciate that. Let's have maybe one more person share. And then we'll and then we'll um, close out. Anybody?
16: Michelle still has something to say. Sharon's haven't said enough yet. So
15: I just wanted to. I, I just like I said, it was so inspiring. I just listening to everybody all of the ways that you guys serve and support each other. And, you know, the spouse is the way they support. But I agree that just being married to a doctor, the schedule and the pressure and the exhaustion, even from this past year and the worry, um, Chris is in private practice. So just trying to, you know, shut down the practice for a while and still pay his employees, make sure they still had a job and the stresses that come with it and just trying to support that. But I'm just, I'm amazed. I want to be everybody on this call. <laughs> everybody is just so, so inspiring. So thank you very much. Thank
8: Thanks, you guys. everybody Thanks for everything.
3: So what a, what a weekend. What a feast. We're so, so blessed. And I know for Steve and I, it feels like you know, we have this incredible wedding coming up with uh, Zach and yes. and Jess this weekend. So let's not forget about that. <laughs> we finally get to partay um, this weekend coming up for the wedding. And we are going to be meeting by small groups in our life teams this week, this Sunday. But um, also just, this is like, Steve and I just sort of like, feel like it's our wedding cuz we get to have all our favorite people meet together and get mm. to know each other and so mm. it's just like such a blessing to have the williamses and the sharons and gills and so many other people that get to come in and go hey mm. my friends get to meet my friends and this person who's my hero gets to meet this person who's my hero and i just feel yeah. like it's sort of like a weekend of our own wedding <laughs> being able <laughs> to have that so thank you guys for coming and just mm. the honor to have you guys with us we feel like you're right here which is such a the one beautiful thing about zoom
0: (laughs) so true so true thank you so so much i wanted to see if we could have me, marcus close us in a prayer and um for today would you mind marcus
17: sure and i also just wanted sonia and i just want to express our gratitude at an opportunity to serve and to get to know the Burlington church a little better. And I agree with everything's been shared. Uh, I don't know. We kind of feel like maybe we need to move on up there and hang out with you guys. You have a really nice setup. We can see your own personality and leadership stamped on the church as well, which is, is really great. And we had the privilege of, of you guys being a part of our life team at one point. Uh, I wanted to thank thank Ted and and um, Mackie just for what they share, how inspiring that is and, just the inspiration and challenge that all of us no matter what our background is is so practical and simple in terms of how we can apply that so we're we're ready to go we're 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 rejuvenated by that message um and it's certainly great to meet the sharons and get to know them and uh to see our heroes like the Broyles and and the otowalers and um, and then Margaret, um, I think there is a great work there. And as Maggie said, I, I didn't realize that we think we got a better flavor of a healthcare, uh, uh, in your church. And so you guys have a tremendous opportunity. I hope you continue to try to build on that because I think that that's a, a potential mission field for you guys as well. So do you want to, yeah. stuff. So, all right, so let's, let's pray. Uh, gracious father, we just thank you for, uh, uh being with us through this amazing weekend, we thank you for the shops and the Brotherton Church for having the vision and wisdom to reach out to uh the healthcare community. God, as we reflect on uh, such an incredible, uh unprecedented year, a year um of the pandemic, a year of social unrest, a year of our world being turned upside down, a year of seeing parts of our country that we were surprised and didn't know existed a year where our, our challenges and beliefs were, uh, were really stretched. Yet yeah, God, we are so privileged to be a part of your kingdom, to know that we have a message that's so much greater than what we see in the world. We pray God that you will bless this um, meeting this weekend, that you will have inspired all of us uh, to serve as uh, was shared today in deeper ways and uh, to bring you on the good news, the gospel through this lost world, through this devastation, through the lives that have been lost and the pain that is out there. God, help us to be inspired and rejuvenated by what we've learned today and that we can not only celebrate all the service of the healthcare providers, but really service in general for all people and how the power of sacrifice that Jesus exhibited when he died on the cross. God's give given us the strength. Help us to have the heart. Help us to uh, connect with the heart of Jesus and to be um, students and disciples of service. And we thank you for all of this, and we pray that you bless us as we move forward this year. And we pray that you would especially bless the Burlington Church as it continues to strive to be like Jesus and to be a beacon of light, a hope that challenges the worldviews that exist in that community and in the world today with the new uh, kingdom uh, presence that you bring through your gospel. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Guys.
0: Thanks so much, Marcus and Sonia. Thanks everybody who's been involved with this weekend. And, uh, we just, we've been inspired. Guys, have an awesome week.